you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. There are 27 teams in pro football. And then there are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, I hope all is well and right wherever you are. It is the best weekend in not just football, but in all the sports about to arrive here. And I'm nervous. I'm not going to jive you. Because you know the the one rule here in Studio 66 is no jive. I'm racked with nerves because my team is one of the final eight still standing. Why are you Bring- nervous? What do you mean? Why am I nervous? Because I'm I want uh, my. You're team at home. Win. It's pretty good matchup. Well, get into it. Bucky Brooks is coming up to share a little yarn with us. We have Matt Money Smith and Cindy Freeland on the way for the Red Challenge flag picks. Division round style, all four of those juicy matchups coming up. And as you just heard, they're seated to my immediate left. Longtime USC Trojans and Cleveland Browns legend. It's Willie. Did it again. You you, you did it again. What's happening, 55? I got one, too. You did it again. The Patriots. When I say it, I get through. You know, I get going. I've got a lot on my head. I, 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 I get it. Forget another team, though. Don't forget that one. Maybe you can't forget the Trojans and you can't forget the Patriots. Maybe. Another. The other one, Maybe. the one, the team gonna, called Browns that if, wears orange if, hats. If you're going to forget one, forget one. All right, we're not. We we don't have to. Yeah, I I, I can easily. <laughs> or uh, none. How about not? Don't forget any. You know what I play for. All right, but uh, you know what? I think we can rightly cast the Cleveland Browns uh, no, aside. They're for, in the division, and I played three years there. I got to give them that respect. It's a great football town. They're just not doing well right now, so it's okay. Give them their respect for right now. You guys dominate them, okay? So, I, so it's listen. okay for you to say the Cleveland Browns. 
I listen, I got no beef with the Browns. The only beef I have is when Cleveland Browns fans come up to me and announce to me, well, you and I, I bet we won't get along. And I say, why is that? And they say, because I know you're a Steelers guy and I'm from Cleveland. And then I laugh in their face. They say, rival? What a rivalry? (laughs) Don't you have to win once in a blue moon for it to be a rivalry? That's not a rival. Be nice, Dave. Be nice. You could do the same thing to me about the Patriots versus the They're Steelers in the 21st football. century. They're not playing We're going to get into all of it. Yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, Eternal Red Zone coming at you on uh, social media. Look for it on Facebook from NFL and on Twitter from NFL. We have uh, we a lot of people, a lot of uh, hundreds of thousands of you watched the wild card round edition that we put out for you in front of last week's games. Now we have the divisional round games. Always good to look back. That's how you get right for this year's games by looking back at some of the greatest moments oh. in the division around history first though Willie I want to chop it up I want to be talking about X's and O's and you know the human element that goes into these games but we'd be remiss like you said you played for the New England Patriots and I have seen you since you retired still up there in that red jacket and glad handing with Robert Kraft and Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick everybody's weighing in on it now it's your turn to weigh in on it. Okay. What about the melodrama? Let's start here. Melodrama. Well, it is a bit. I mean, it's yeah, it's a good description of it, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Let's start here. The pushback immediately from the building was the national media is uh, is being unfair to us. Agree or disagree? Um, I think it was. I, I read the story. The Seth talking about the Seth. Yeah. Story. It was, there was a lot of inaccuracies in that. In that. In that. Um. I'm not going to say everything that he wrote about probably didn't happen or didn't happen and wasn't resolved. Um, I don't think there's a big power struggle between Belichick, Mr. Kraft, and Tom Brady. That was off. Uh, Belichick was never forced to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. It was the only business decision that he can make at the time because of the trade deadline and because it broke down before the season and the first deadline. And it was a conflict of interest because Don Yee represents both clients. I mean, there's a lot of things that was left out, you know. Um, so I, I do think, you know, uh, some of the things with Alex that they talked about probably has happened. Some of his – Alex Guerrero. Yeah, some of his – you know, some of the things that he was doing with the team, probably the dynamics of that has changed. But he's still working with Tom Brady and Gronk and the football team to help guys get better. Um, so, I mean, it just depends on if you know, you know, when you read something like that, if you kind of know the insights versus. That's why it's a right. treat to get the kibitz with you and right. cut out the the middleman who's uh, who might not know as much as they McGinnis. Know a lot, though, man. Those staffers, whoever he was talking to, those staffers. I would like to know who those staffers were, or or maybe he kind of camouflages probably somebody else, you know. But I'm just saying. You don't think any players? I mean, there were. Players That's what I was too. saying. Oh, okay. There's players, but you know the funny thing about the, the the players' comment that the players felt pressure to go to TB12 and work out. The funny thing is, when I was there before Tom became Tom, and when he first came in, we were the players that created that pressure to do more. Because our saying was, if you're not doing more or above and beyond, then you're not doing enough. Hmm. And we would criticize guys and we would get on guys who wasn't doing enough or just doing what was required by the team. So Alex Guerrero was brought in by me. You read the story. But he was an extension of doing more. So if you had to lift in, in Bill's program, if you had to lift twice a week, we were lifting four days a week. 
and then we would do everything else. And then we would go and, and, and on top of that, use Alex because it became a competition. Who could do more? And it was a healthy competition unless you were a guy who was a slacker and didn't want to do that much, and then you would fill the rap. You're talking about Richard Seymour, aren't no, you? No, Richard was one of the guys. <laughs> Richard was one of the first guys who came to my house to use Alex Guerrero before he was allowed in the facility, before mm. they really even knew about him, before they learned about him, and before the, some of the big dogs started using him. Richard would travel to my house in Marina Bay and use Alex in my living room. We would set can't, we Do would, you feel in some legitimate way, I mean, I'm ha- I'm half kidding, but do you feel in some way like, well, if it weren't for Willie McGinnis, no, this wouldn't have happened? not at all, because there's a lot of things that we learned and a lot of resources that we share, but I was fortunate to know Alex from California. He worked mm. with a lot of track people and different things like that. So somebody shared the, the knowledge with me, and I was using them. Regardless of what the team was going to do, I was going to fly him out to New England and was use them. But guess what? LaDainian Tomlinson was flying him to San Diego. He was going to visit him. He was going to visit Adam Vinatieri in Indianapolis. He was going to visit Ty Law when he left in Kansas City Mm. and a bunch of other players. So the team got smart. This guy is helping other players in the AFC who we face get the edge or get better and stay healthy. Mm -hmm. We don't want that. Belichick's smart. Let's make him exclusive just to our team. Does that make sense? It does make sense, by the way. Except uh, for me when I left and went to Cleveland. I was the only guy he would fly and see. (laughs) You know what? Alex Guerrero, 2018, his resolution (laughs) is to tackle his greatest test yet, the Zoftic physique of Dave Damashek. We'll deal with that after the season, though. Um, But Tom Brady... I can listen. We saw it with the two of the greats to ever do it. Bray, I mean uh, Montana, and there was Steve Young. Any of that though valid? The I, I, not that Jimmy Garoppolo has achieved anything like Steve Young did uh, early in his career, but nevertheless, is there something to the to the idea that Tom Brady's like, whoa, whoa, whoa? I've said I want to be here for another four or five years. I can't have this looming over my shoulder all the time because I've been told by other people that that was a gathering storm as soon as this coming offseason that Brady and Garoppolo wins, were going to – Before the seven wins, before Jimmy G or the two wins. That I was told in the to. preseason that well, the gathering storm was going to be Brady v. Garoppolo for the starting gig in well, 2018. Let me, let, me just set, let me just paint the picture for you really quick. They did offer Jimmy a four- to five-year contract extension. But out of respect for the level that Tom was still playing at, still MVP, could be the MVP this year, coming off an MVP performance uh, at the Super Bowl, and him saying that I want to play for five more years, realistically maybe it's three or four, right? Mm -hmm. So they did offer Jimmy G an extension for four to five years. In the extension, it was saying Tom is going to be the starter. We're going to give you this amount of money. When he decides to retire – You're going to jump right in, and the escalators will kick in. You'll be making a certain amount. Jimmy G was on board with that, and he was okay with that. The conflict was they shared the same agent, Don Yee. So if you share the same agent, Tom's already Mm -hmm. given a hometown discount because if you're the greatest ever, you're not going to be making $15 million a year on paper, Mm -hmm. right? So he's not going to do that with this other golden egg. He doesn't have a lot of clients. So Jimmy would have to fire Don Yee. Or, I got you. Okay. Or, that makes sense. Right? It didn't happen before the season. So that broke down. Now, you got to trade him in the first deadline. The deal still didn't happen because Don Yee is saying, you'd be crazy. You'll be making $25 million or plus if you just hang in there as a free agent or if you go somewhere else 
That's the going rate. And even I, I mean, the money is would certainly be a big motivator. Course, and then the other for a guy right. started two games, right? And then the other legitimate thing you would think if you're a competitor and you're in the NFL, I, I would like you to be want playing. To play, but at the end of the day, what do you want to play? Sure. Like, there's a lot of places I wouldn't want to go to. If I know I'm the heir apparent to Tom Brady and I'm about to have all the success with all these coaches in a system that I've been in for now four years that I know everything and I can make 18 to $19 million to back up Tom Brady for a couple of years and when he decides to retire, I'm taking over the ship. I mean, you got to think about that. The only conflict, like I said, they, they shared the same agent, so it didn't work out. And that agent was smart enough to say, look, he got in his ear. All right, but but – one more thing on this, not to not to belabor it, but uh, you know, even wildly successful people, you know, uh, I was talking to I'm going to name drop now, but I was talking to Adam Carolla, and okay. he pointed out to me the David Letterman uh, analogy. David Letterman willfully didn't put John Stewart behind him because he doesn't want somebody who might be better than him over the course of time who might better scenario. Well, but I was, so he put people who he knew who weren't as funny right. as he was. Right. Does Tom Brady not want? I mean, on some level, Tom as Brady a human being, he doesn't want the guy behind him Listen, to do as well. Remember when he got suspended? Yeah. I remember he was a starter. Mm-hmm. He had no issues with that. He's a competitor. He's been in that situation in Michigan where he was the better quarterback and he's got his position took, or he wasn't able to be the starter. His resume and what he has done over a number of, what, 18 years now, the level he was play, he has played at, what he has done at the quarterback position, I don't think with the different the – different, with the CBA and all the different things that is happening, I don't think there's another quarterback that ever had to deal with that that ever will be able to yeah. have as much success going to seven Super Bowls and winning five. I agree I, with that. There, there's no question. So his confidence does not lack. Now, what it does do – and I know him well, is, okay, I got a young gun. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my game up another level because we've I did it. When they bought Roosevelt Coven in to take my position from Chicago, when they bought other linebackers in, I did it. Regardless of what my status is or what I've accomplished, we all do it, right? Sure. But the plan wasn't supposed to go like that. Think of the plan with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He sat for three years, correct? Mm-hmm. Hey, you may be more talented you may be our first-round draft pick, but out of respect for this man, we're going to let him either make a decision to go somewhere else or retire, and you're the heir apparent. And that's how it worked out in Green Bay pretty much. Besides, uh, he wasn't ready to <laughs> Except retire. Except for Ford he wanted, changing his Favre mind. wanted to keep playing, so it didn't work out quite I get, way. But, but I mean, I do think that, that it is interesting. I mean, Tom Brady would be a different sort of human being if he didn't, that, oh, that at least man. I am. I wouldn't want the he's day. He's a killer, man. He has the killer. In- I know, but you. He I, doesn't, he, he's a competitor. He, when he retires, though, he doesn't want the Patriots to go 14-2 and two and win the Super Bowl in his care. first year after. He, he doesn't that. want that. He created that atmosphere. He created that. It doesn't matter. Oh, so that's an what has he done that he can accomplish once he retires? He's done everything. There's nothing he can go back and say, man, I wish I could have did that. Do you think he can sustain even this level? Do, but, how about that? The last that month. Last year. Do you think we the, said that last year, and then he won. The, he came back after missing right. four games and was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And then we said it coming in. Brady's turning forty. Right, it's over. That this is the wall. It doesn't matter what he did last year, and now he's up for MVP. I know, but do you think he didn't play as well in December as he did in no, the previous I mean, he, three months? Guys have slumps. Give me one quarterback right. that played great all year. There's none. Okay, they all have a little fall off. Um. 
Tom Brady is the starting quarterback of the Patriots in 2018? I would say yes. Bill Belichick is the head coach of the New England Patriots in 2018? As of right now, I would say yes. <laughs> Maybe. So, there, well, there's a lot of there's a what if what if what if Bill Belichick wins another Super Bowl? It's like, hey, I want to turn this thing over to Josh. I'm good. Who knows? What if Tom wins a Super Bowl and say, hey, I want to retire? I did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I want to retire and I want to go in the front office somewhere. I want to do this or this or that. So, those are things I can't predict. But as far as him wanting to play and playing at a certain level, now you got Hoyer backing him up. What are you going to do? Go draft a rookie and put him in and start him over Tom Brady? You had the guy. The guy's not there anymore. So, it would be interesting if Tom Brady just randomly. That's a that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down right well, there's now. There's a lot of there's Kirk a lot Cousins. Of who knows who they go get? Oh. Would would the Patriots ever? Desperate teams who have no winning history would never do this. But now now that you've brought this into my brain here, <laughs> the the one Patriots killer out there is Eli Manning. And would they ever chase Eli Manning? Would they be like, ah, we can't do that. that we can't we can't that, bring that guy in. He's here. a little different. Eli's a little bit different. I'm just gonna just be a funny narrative if that came true. It would be, and then Tom will go to New York, <laughs> and then they end up playing again, right? <laughs> now you mentioned Josh McDaniels. What about the practical? We're hearing Matt Patricia at the time of this recording. Right. Looks like he's going to be the Giants coach. We keep hearing Josh McDaniels to the Colts. Either way, they're both taking meetings. As this playoff game is approaching, here you have to. It's a little bit different, though. Oh, the Patriots haven't standardly done that, not off the top of my head, at least since the days of Chaz Weiss and Romeo Cornell, were those guys getting chased like that. Well, I mean, under 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 the, other, under the rules and, and how it works, they have to take meetings at certain times, and they have to do it a certain way. So they're respect- Distracting as coordinators? No, there's not distractions. There's no distractions. I mean, Josh has been interviewing for a few years, right? So it's not distracting. This is just parts of the game and parts of the operations that happen. They're not taking away. They're not saying, hey, we can't have the defensive meeting uh, till another three hours, guys, because Matt Patricia is uh, interviewing. These things happen when the players are not in the building or when they're not, you know, they're not in, in meetings or getting ready for Tennessee Titans. Cross-country road trip. Who do you want to take? Who do you want riding shotgun with you? Ooh, it's Robert tough. Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Who's the most fun to have in the car? Um, Mr. Kraft has gotten a lot. Most l- fun. He's gotten a lot funner. <laughs> <laughs> this, from when I played till now, I mean, he's having a ball. And just think, how are you going to travel? Gonna oh, that's try- a good- <laughs> think of how Neither one of travel. you is going to have to be behind the wheel. Well, you know, well a- I'm just saying, you know, you, you, all these guys, you know, they, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty well off. They're pretty big time. So you're going to travel a certain way regardless. But, you know, with Mr. Kraft, it's just the travels. Which jet do you want to take? <laughs> all his friends, you know, he sits on different boards of Viacom, the entertainment aspect of it. You know, it's just – a little different. If you're out with to Tom, dinner. I, with Tom, we wouldn't be able to avoid the paparazzi. I see. You know? The four of you are seated at a high-end dinner somewhere. Right. Who goes for the check? Uh, Probably Mr. Kraft since he writes all the checks. Really? Tom would want to. Does like, Tom go like, hey, Tom uh, want hey, to. hey, Belichick, no, Tom, how about you get one once? No, Tom would want to. Yeah. And, 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 and Belichick, would pro, uh, of course, would offer, but – the, whoever owns the restaurant will probably be like, hey, it's just an honor having you guys here. Can we just get a picture? It probably wouldn't be a check. Hmm. Does Belichick wear that hoodie, that cutoff hoodie no. thing at fancy restaurants? Nah. No, he, he doesn't. No, nah, he dresses up. He dresses nicely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a nice. He's got a nice. Did you ever? I can't believe I've never asked you that before. Have you? Did you ever say to him? Hey, coach, listen, you love the history of football so much. 
Lombardi, he had the, his, uh, you know, he always wore the nice overcoat. Landry wore the hat. How come you dress like this? Did you, you never once said that well, to he's him? He's got to be yourself. Like, who was wearing those before? I don't know. Tell him, like, by way Lombardi, you... I knew, but that was the day everybody was wearing the suit coats and the, and the button-up jacket and the ties and all those different things. Landry, the hat. Like, there's every every great, you know, had something. You know, shoot, Maybe we could come up with a look. Hair. He so, has the look. He has the hoodie or the cutoff sleeves. So now you'll forever remember him by doing it. So if somebody else does it, you'd be like, he's stealing that from Belichick. Like he started that. So Nobody wants to steal that look, though. <laughs> they want to steal what he's done. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, let's talk about the uh, Titans game here coming up here. Our pal Maurice Jones-Drew asserts that the Titans have a real chance, and I think he's, in fact, picking the Titans to go up to Foxborough. I think I he's trying to, to be wacky. Him. I would love to find him before the game. I would love to find him. To say what? To, to, to get in on that bet. Oh, okay. He's already owed me, he already owes me lunch from the UCLA-USC game, and, you know, I would love to find him. I think Maurice, that he's fine. right. I think he's right about this. I think Derrick Henry can make hay against that defense. Uh, uh, pretty much every team in the last six weeks or so has been able to run on that defense. I wouldn't say every team. I, I would say teams with mobile quarterbacks to go along with a good running game. So, um, uh, Lev I, Bell got him pretty good. Well, Lev Bell, but, you know, Lev Bell, he, he, he did good. But you got to give up something. So, if, if, if Brown is not there or, or, or somebody else doesn't have a great game – the the trick is not stopping everybody. It's just slowing them down. Hmm. It's just slowing them down. That is, we've, we you and I you have talked stop, about. You can't stop great players. You in the twenty first century, the idea that you just smother a team and oh. they get three points oh. the whole game. I know the Jags are, are are bucking that trend, but for the most part, we 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 have discussed that in the twenty first century. Defense is about, and Belichick was ahead of the curve on this. Not on just stonewalling everybody. Oh. It's about making them take multiple snaps, no big plays, multiple snaps and forcing a turnover at some point or a couple of turnovers. Or having somebody else have to step up and make plays because the guy you're slowing down, he may still get plays, but the guy that's not used to doing that, you want to force the ball into his hands Hmm. and see if he can can perform under the lights and under the pressure. So – Like Jesse James, for instance. Well, you know, our mentality was to always (laughs) shift – shift the pressure to somebody else that's not used to handling it. Antonio Brown's going to make every great catch. We've seen that. We've seen Bell make the great runs and 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 in passing and in the running game and all those different things. We've seen we've seen Ben break a tackle. He broke one of my tackles and throw the ball down the field for a spectacular play. We've seen that in the Super Bowl. We know what Holmes and different We know certain players can do certain things. We've seen it time and time again. The thing with a great coach is he tries to slow that those players down, but make somebody else be the hero. And a lot of players aren't ready for that. I do want to take a quick trip down memory lane here, if we can. Uh, 2003, the Titans did, in fact, play the Patriots they before did. up in Foxborough. You described it as the coldest game you've ever played in. Right. And I remembered, I just off, off the top of my head, I it was somewhere buried in my brain, I said to you, I seem to recall Steve McNair almost beating you. Because you've always explained to me, what that of uh, the six what was that game? 12? I don't remember the final, but but the funny thing is, if you're a Steelers fan, you think, well, the Patriots dynasty is marked by them just obliterating everybody. But in fact, oh. the recipe for success is 
barely eking out victory against every team. We saw it in the. It, I mean, the biggest margin of Super Bowl victory ever for the Patriots was the was the overtime win last year. Right? Yeah. It's crazy that, that that that's the case. You guys house every. You house the Steelers, but you barely survive everybody else. Anywho, Steve McNair. Down uh, uh, six points, I think you're right, and they're driving down the field. Tell us uh, what you recall from that. They're driving down the field. Um, they have the momentum, and they're moving the ball down the field. So they get to about maybe, I don't know, the 40-yard line going in on our 40, on our side of the 50. And um, we, I, I think it's a, we, it was a timeout or something, whatever happened. So they, it's first down. So now they're going to hurry up. They're going empty, and they're, they're going. Um, our defensive coordinator, Romeo Cornell, for some reason, couldn't get the call out. I don't know if something went wrong with the whatever with the head. I don't know what was going on, but he could not get the call out. So we decided to call a certain our go-to call. You guys are looking at the defensive We're coordinator. Like, it. what are we supposed to do? Let me right? be honest. He gave us a first. He gave us a first and second down call, and it was the third down personnel. So our call didn't go with the personnel hmm. they had in the game. So. We quickly, Rodney Harrison, I remember Brewski, we're all talking. We quickly just, whenever we got in trouble, we had a go-to call, which was rain. So we just went to rain. And we ran that play for three straight downs because after the first down, we didn't get the play. And so they were going for it on fourth and down. It didn't really matter. We ran that play three consecutive times, and we stonewalled them. Hmm. And we did not let them move the ball past them. And that ended up winning the football game. But it was, it was, it was a situation where – Something broke down, and because of our preparation to being able to sometimes, like Belichick would make the coaches, and Parcells, too, was really good at this. He made the coaches get off the field. Don't tell them nothing. I'm just going to hmm. throw situations at them. Let them figure it out. And for us, we were used to it. So when the play didn't come in right, we just turned to each other. We got into a play, and we stayed with a certain play to match up what they had on the field. And it, it worked out perfect. That's an awesome story. What the, does Cornell say anything when you come over to the Hey, coach, we didn't even have he gave a break. us a hug. What are you talking about? <laughs> he hugged everybody. He was slapping helmets and slapping pads. He was excited because he had a mature group of guys that uh, knew what to do in that type of situation. And, you know, we talk about it when we all get together. We all talk about it and we joke about it. But, you know, it, it, it's football. And you got to be able to make adjustments and you got to be able. That's what I was saying. When certain things break down, or some things happen, you got to have people step up. I think this final was 17-14. Uh, was Bartlett it? behind the glass is telling me there. Three Last game. question. Three-point game. Obviously the Patriots. I mean, once again, the football gods deal you the easiest possible <laughs> opponent. The Chiefs would have scared you, right? No. Oh, come on. Not no. the way they've been playing. The Chiefs week one through five, maybe. Not the Chiefs of – I mean, it Kareem showed. Hunt run on it team. showed, though. They didn't even they didn't even give Kareem Hunt the ball in the second half. All right, still, it's an easier draw. And You'll Nagy gets that. a head coaching job with the Bears. You'll that's, admit that's that a, this is another, an easy draw. The Titans, Dick LeBeau versus Tom Brady. That I mean, anybody who wishes to try and make a case for the Titans, go watch what Tom Brady's done to Dick LeBeau. There's nothing defense. easy about going against Dick LeBeau. All right, all right. You have He's to had a lot of right success there. too. I, I, against everybody but Tom Brady. <laughs> now, last question though. Jags or Steelers, who would you rather play? That's tough, man. Um, Rugged defense. All-time really great defense. I I would look at it like this, and this is how I think the Patriots would look at it. What's our strong suit? What's our strongest part of our team? Tom Brady. Is it the offense or the defense? Offense. The offense. So who would you rather attack? That Jacksonville's defense 
or that Pittsburgh Steelers defense at home? Mm-hmm. Who would you rather attack? Right. Steelers and I would say there. Without Chazier, right? And then you look at it this way. If we can just go out and score 17 points, 14 points, will Blake Bortles be able to generate any, any type of offense? Mm-hmm. And if we took away Leonard Fournette, which a lot of teams have done, he's only averaging three yards carry, three three point one. Got that high ankle sprain. They don't okay. talk about that, but he's not if, right. If we take him away, how do you feel about Blake Bortles? And turn <laughs> In the it, AFC title turn, game. Turning it over to him. <laughs> I feel damn good about that, right? right? So, I mean, there's a couple of different scenarios you got to look at. Look at, ben, it. Look at the ben swagger. That, he, say, he just said both. We don't care. No, which. I'm saying, Ben, like Ben and them, they're going to score points. They're dangerous. Yeah, 26 is the danger. Man. Not only can they keep up with you in the point total, man, they can, he can spin the clock yeah. on you too. But I don't have time to worry about that right now. <laughs> I'm worried about the team in the ugly two-tone helmets. And you have nothing to worry about against the I'm going the with the Steelers. Are you going I'm with the going Steelers? I'm going with the Steelers. Are, you, are, you, are we cool now? We're cool okay. for a few days. All right. Hopefully come Monday or Tuesday, we're back at war. <laughs> Or even better, let's talk about hopefully next week when we get together, we're talking about the Titans. Can they do it in Heinz Field in a big spot here? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, Willie is uh, joining us on uh, NFL Pick'em, presented by Bose. 8 a.m. Eastern is where you track down. We're telling you who's going to win all four of these divisional round games. Great stuff from 55 here. I got something real quick. Go ahead. If the Pittsburgh Steelers end up playing the Patriots, can we do the podcast in New England? I would like to talk to you from there. Yeah, tell tell Commissioner no, Goodell that no, I need to get we, there. Can we take the show to New England? I'd like that very we have much. I'm free. There. We have studios there. They have, okay, I'm in. I'll CBS, make the trip. We have the CBS studios right there connected to the field. Can we take the podcast? Because I'll be there. I don't know about you, but I'll be there. I'll, can we take the entire show and do it from the CBS scene that's connected to Patriot Place, right connected to the stadium? Do I do, do, do I get a half an hour? Uh, uh, je- I don't know. I don't have to listen. I don't even need uh, like you can even put a barrier so that there's no risk of uh, no, of injury. It's okay. It's okay. I want to be able to talk to Tom Brady because I I got to work on him. I'm gonna work on him and I'm gonna get him off his game. <laughs> I don't game. know if I can set that up, but I, can you? You'll be able to talk to me. All right, it's an interesting <laughs> offer. It's an interesting offer, that's for sure. Uh, I'll listen. You put in a good word with uh, Kamish Goodell and uh, Mr. Kraft, and maybe you and me can make the cross country road trip. That's what we'll do. We'll drive from here. To- I'm going. I just need you to go. I'd love to be there, 55. I'd love it. Great stuff from Willie McGinnis. Make sure you watch him on Total Access and everywhere else uh, during football season and beyond. Now, let's get to some game picking, shall we? You're listening to David Well, there you have it, 55, like I say, from the Trojans, the Browns, and I guess, yes, as he just proved there, he knows a thing or two about the Patriots. Good stuff from McGinnis, and uh, now joining us in Studio 66. Ooh, late breaking, Lorenzo Alexander, Buffalo Bills uh, star, going to be joining us for the Red Challenge flag picks. He's going to jump in here. In place of Henry? In just a, yes, he's filling the shoes of Big Pilates guy. Big Pilates guy. Is that true? Yeah, we're going to have to ask him about it, because you know I'm a Pilates instructor, right? I had no idea. A Pilates instructor, I am. you say? How about a little back and forth between those two, huh? Yeah. Pilates instructor, yeah. Pilates yeah. enthusiast. He, he, uh, so he we got credits going. It. He credits it for kind of the rejuvenation of his career. I, all right. I'm a huge fan of him. All right. Absolutely. Let's give it's about all of it. I'm excited for that. You Listen, just I'm not sweating two. it either. I called one of his games when he was at Cal Berkeley. How you like that? Is that true? No. 
It's not. He left way before I was calling games. I was working with the Lakers while he was still at the I'm uh, getting Cal very Berkeley. confused. Some uh, some unheard truths and some – That is true. Mine is false. I just I, – I love Cal Berkeley. I mean, like everybody does that's ever visited that campus. It's the greatest campus, uh, save maybe My Stanford. My friend lived in a tree house there. Right. Not even kidding. Her house was in a tree. See? It was I incredible. I love that the people sit – that, that uh, some portion of the student body sits on the hillside and uh, and keeps half Strawberry eye Canyon. on the game. Yeah. It's awesome. It really is so cool there. Yeah, it's awesome. By the way, the voices you're hearing right now are both halves of the great podcast available on iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple's, what is it called? Apple Podcasts, that's what we call it now. Apple Podcasts and or NFL.com slash podcast. Game Theory and Money, a.k.a. Free Money, Cindy Freeland, Matt Money Smith, Cindy Freeland. You watch her on game day morning. You watch her... Uh, yeah, there at this point. That, those are <laughs> your right. responsibilities at this point. <laughs> and uh, and Matt Money Smith also. Make sure you check him out uh, on the greatest radio show in all the land, AM five seventy here in LA, or uh, track it down on iHeartRadio. And of course, like I say, the Game Theory and Money podcast. Real quick, we have a, hold on, a, real quick. Go ahead, because I don't want you to. I mean, look, that was a great conversation with Willie, and I don't just want to like leave right. it sitting there without right. just moving on. We don't need to. You to listen. Oh, we just listened to twenty five minutes of you and Willie McGinnis and you insulting him roundly, which to me. Is a terrifying proposition because he uh, he's huge. Far and away, the most intimidating person that does or ever has worked at the NFL Network, and it's not even close. the The gap between Willie. I had to send a message on behalf of all black and gold fans that there is no intimidation factor. But there is. The only reason there is no intimidation factor is because, like many of the world's toughest people. Willie does not have to portray or intimidate you at all. Nope. He is one of the kindest, gentlest souls that you will come across unless you cross him. Right. <laughs> and then if for whatever, even if it's the slightest, even if it's the tiniest slight, and you know, you then feel your heart begin to pump a little bit faster and the sweat begins to build on your brow. I, oh, I'm not saying anything. I just put, I put eyes on him and he could see there was no jive in those eyes. And, the, and he, you know, he said A couple down. things that, uh, that stood out to me, and I think this is – this is indicative of – I think people forget that football, even though it is a sport and it's a violent sport at that, is still a job for these people. This is still a workplace. And and the one thing that stood out to me was Willie talking about uh, how there is – yeah, there was this atmosphere of competition when it came to lifting. You know, we're only supposed to lift three above, but then some guys would go four, and the next thing you know, these other guys are trying to do a little extra. And – then he kind of talked about the guys that weren't willing to do that and how they were slackers. Like, well, yeah, that's every job. You know, every job has people that are updating their Facebook page and chatting with their chums, you know, instead of doing work. And then there's others where people are staying late and working hard and trying to get ahead and make their way out of middle management. I mean, just it, it, it jumped out at me where everybody thinks it's this big deal. Well, no, that's just your standard American workplace. And, and that's how most workplaces operate. I thought, you know what, in a in a sometimes cynical corporate world, I think legitimately, my takeaway is that as Willie describes it, Belichick was trying to do the kid Garoppolo a solid by not sending him to a bad spot and instead send him to what could be a very favorable destination to him with the Shanahan's who he likes. He likes Kyle. He thinks that's a good spot. He put him into what could be, well, the early returns say it uh, is a good landing spot for Garoppolo. And, you know, sometimes you might hey, just get out of here. We're, we're getting ready. Instead, he dealt the kid uh, a nice place. I thought it was a really like undervalued point that they have the same agent and Willie brought yeah. that up about the Don Yee kind of like figuring it out and that navigation point where sometimes we forget to mention that in the media that these the 
a lot of players have the same agent. So these kind of deals are not necessarily done in a vacuum. You know, they're not necessarily looked at specifically for Garoppolo's value in that case. And I really loved, and I especially love talking to Willie about this. I've, I also had a conversation with him about the ESPN article that came out and how, you know, there's some truths to kind of all of it, but that they're not portrayed in any of the same. I mean, if you followed us around, I'm sure you'd think we think you could come up with a spin where, yeah, but uh, but it also was not none of that's true. No, it was there. He didn't go. He didn't. He didn't do yeah. what. No, well, he was the early. Right there. The early stuff was the the response, not necessarily even out of the organization, but the fan base was certainly like, fake news. No sauces. No, I I don't think that like I don't think that it was fake news, and I don't think Willie said. I think Willie has a great like. He's kind of more like yeah, there like. That these things, there are some things here, especially with the trainer situation. That there are some things here that have truths, but you gotta re- you gotta remember that the results don't say that when there's any sort of. It's not like a huge organizational problem. It's like you know these are the things that happen throughout the course of business, and they manage to get past them for the sake of focusing on each individual matchup. And you know they've had distractions before, and they've all turned out okay. Well, for somebody who is uh, outwardly rooting for a different team in the AFC to emerge, which one? That uh, have, have the Titans. No, it. I. It's the no. I root for the Steelers. Oh. I'm from. I wouldn't wear that. I was not yeah. aware of that. I'm from Pittsburgh. That? You learned something. Born and raised there. I've I've never you know, uh, I've always been a fan of that. Team. The uh, just going back to the the Garoppolo trade. I think kind of what I'm in a I'm in a different I think a different spot than you are, but sort of the same about why Belichick would trade him to his chum Shanahan and and you know that's a good spot. I think it's more the agent thing. You know yeah, the the Donye. Hmm. Hey well, and hey Bill, I've, I've given often. you Tom Brady for 15 years now at about 70 percent of cost, so you can fill some other spots that help you win all these championships. And, How about you help me it. out and send my guy to a spot where he's going to perform and he's going to get me the 130 million dollars that I never got, and, you know, with Brady. And they don't play they they don't play each other that often, right? It's not like he's trading him to the Bills. It's not like he's trading him to you know. It, so in terms of what could make Belichick happy? It's like you aren't going to see a lot of the forty. It is there is a a, a small irony that uh, Tom Brady hails from the Bay and Jimmy Garoppolo, his would be successor, is now the Niners QB, and I assume Tom Brady grew up wanting exactly that gig. There's a letter, Letterman wanting the Tonight Show quality. It is, yeah, it's it. a great point. That is that is funny. Um, work out but what I was going to say about the AFC side of things is I wonder now, my, my real concern is now going forward in the short term is, is this going to be another motivating thing for the Patriots? Are they now going to use this as fuel and stick it to they the NFL? They use everything as fuel. I know. Now that that's my concern. But so do the Steelers and so do the Jags and so does every team left in the playoffs. And I'm sure the Titans have a bunch of fuel. No. Nobody thinks we can make it. I know. Not, like, no. I, always, I don't think anyone in the playoffs has a problem with motivation. The, the right? whole no one outside this locker room believes in us jazz is we always talk about yes no team in sports has won a uh, title in the last quarter century without making that claim that's what scares me about the Jags they're different they're not chip on the shoulder guys they're like yeah we're we're the best what what, who doesn't know that they 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 have no question they're not trying to I want anybody wrong permanently mic'd up like I want Jalen Ramsey permanently mic'd up going to the grocery store I want him mic'd up going to like this is what I pick up his dry cleaning this is what I would do Sheck because you are a fan. You have admitted you're outwardly a fan. of. I, I, I like that it's some weird point of shame for a lot of people. Like, do you know, do, you know, I don't know what uh, Dave Damashek's doing. You know, he cheers for a team. He's a, he's a big fan. He roots for a team. Shame, for shame. Shame on you. Here's what I would do. 
if I were a fan of the Steelers or any team playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in their home stadium, not the Jags, but your home stadium, you know those giant heads that they uh, that they have in the crowd, you know, yeah, that, that came sure. to, yeah. all Blake Bortles. Anytime the Jags defense is on the field, I just that's, <laughs> I just want to remind them, hey, that's the guy that's going to be taking snaps. So you can come in here all cocksure and talking about how you're the best secondary and it's Saxonville, but guess what? Here's the face, the face that you hate, that you loathe seeing, that when you go and you see him put his helmet on and make oh, his way yeah. back out. Grim after, reality. After all that hard work that you just put in, this is the guy that you've handed it over to. By the way, that's a fun side story, too, is it's fascinating, sort of like the 2000 Ravens, and, you know, they had a – you know, Trent Dilfer's always held up as the worst uh, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Nicest human being. He it weighs. I, I I love the work he does, I know. but you know people hold. I don't know that that's fair to call him. I by the way, Bob Greasy might be the worst. I know I hammer Bob Greasy a fair amount, but that but it is all fair also, amount. That's a power rotation for them. It is a power rotation. So what? It could be nominated. Why is he so in the what? Hall of Fame? It's crazy. He's fine. He's a fine quarterback. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And people want to talk to me about Cam Newton doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. All right, get back to me when they take Bob Greasy's gold jacket, and then tell me. Um, all right, listen. Let's we're gonna make okay. the game picks. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, jump in on all of it. By the but my point was gonna be sort of like that two thousand into two thousand and one. What if the Ravens make a deep playoff run? I think anything short of actually hoisting the Lombardi, I think they're gonna go after Kirk Cousins and or Eli Manning in the offseason. I think Blake Bortles, no matter what happens, Yeah, he's gonna cost them sixteen million bucks if they bring him back. I was sitting you there. Know? Do you really want to do that? that? A weird, like, does that does that really that's a make weird sense? Situation right there. I was sitting there thinking if Tyrod Taylor, just last game, because there was a lot He's of time. Not, right. There was a lot of time to think in that game. It was. Ugh. It was. It was a, a thinker, a real thinker. So just I was give thinking, the ball to Shady at the one. For God's sakes, what are you doing? I was just, I, but I was like, I was like, who's the quarterback left in the play? Like I was like, could Marcus Mariota take them to the Super Bowl? I was like, yeah, I think he could. It's like, could Tyrod Taylor take them to the Super Bowl? Yeah, with that defense, I think. Like I'm sitting here playing this quarterback trade game, and I think. Jags, all, all upside. All so, upside. Yeah. There are very few guys who also started in the league alongside Blake Bortles. How about Alex Smith? Be an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Alex and, the, the list is long because you know what? You don't need much above if the I'm average. Saying, <laughs> if I'm saying Tyrod Taylor, I'm right. like Alex Smith. Then, all right. Yeah. Before we get to our game picks in the divisional round, we have some things that we've been uh, doing around here. Check yes. the award winner for best impression 2017. Matt Money Smith took it home in what was a very competitive field, including Handsome Hank's mom. Favorite um, for next year, by the way, Handsome Hank. Well, we'll see. But, uh, oh, a muzzle tough to Handsome Hank, a, uh, a glorious trio of games that he has secured. I think he's personally responsible for handpicking which games. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but he does work closely <laughs> on uh, on those games. I feel like games. he had his and hand in it, yes. Great games, though, legit. Three real good yeah. games on paper right mm-hmm. now. I mean, two 9-7 teams uh, from last tell year. Everyone the they Seahawks are? and the Raiders with John Gruden versus Pete Carroll. That'll be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I was got hoping no you would jump in and start saying them, Cindy, because I don't remember them off the top. I have I a question that I've been thinking them. about asking you. Chargers Titans, right? It's Chargers, Chargers Titans. Titans. Uh, it is Seattle Seahawks versus the Raiders. That'll be the first one. It's that already opens. been floated that DDFP needs to do it from the UK. Totally. Your money's already going to be there. Handsome's already going to be there. Might Why well. wouldn't you? I'll Let's go. go. Let's do it. Wait, here's my question. Yes. When you were the watching, Eagles are there, but who are they there with? That's the one that I'm forgetting. When you were watching Gruden's presser. Did you think his hair is starting to look a little like the owner's? Because I, I could not stop 
But PFT, starting. You know what? He's been buzzing about that, and he. I didn't even see that with PFT. I didn't even see that with PFT. But they, their hair is. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, Eagles, Jags, of course. How do I forget the Jags oh, right. are going to London? Yeah, yeah there you that's go. where they Now, look, John Gruden has bad hair. I mean, he always has. If you ever look but at those stand But it didn't used to look like. Well, it doesn't. Here's the thing. When you have Mark Davis sitting next right. to you with his Dutch boy haircut, it's hard not to focus on hair. So I think when Gruden's doing his stand-ups with McDonough. Haircut. But I think when he's doing his thing and he's got his Chucky thing going and, you know, well, here's what I'm seeing down there, all right, Sean? You're looking at a guy hitting you're the hole and you're just focused on that. But when you see the Dutch boy haircut next to him, now you start looking at everybody's like, hair on that dais and you're like, boy, that's a lot of bad hair. And Reggie McKenzie does not have a good head of hair either. I mean, you want to talk about, <laughs> holy cow. I mean, you got to get fantastic Sam's or somebody in on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to it now. This is what I wanted to do. Our uh, our Shecky Award winner, Matt Money Smith, has noted that uh, the subject of his impression is Eddie Spaghetti's New York sports fan. Um, is that what you call it? Is that the formal name, Eddie Spaghetti's New Yorker? I think I try to embody. Yeah, to me, it sounds like someone that would be calling Mike Francesa's show. Like that. That's the way I read this. Like this isn't Eddie tweeting. This is Eddie on hold for WFAN, and they pick it up, and he goes, "Yeah, it's Eddie from Queens. This is my problem." And then we read, and then we read the tweet. Oh no, Spaghetti's from the island. This is Eddie from. Lo- How dare you say Queens? That place is a dump. I'm from Long Island. No, it's Staten Island, Staten Island. That's why I hate that guy on SNL so much. He comes after us. Tony dogs for life. All right, read some tweets by him. Eddie Spaghetti is, and you can follow along, Edward L. Murphy is how you can follow along. The first one comes to us. They colored the the Empire State Building (laughs) in uh, Alabama. I I almost want to save that one for last. Okay, go ahead. Can I save that? Is it right if I save that one for last? These are Eddie Spaghetti's tweets. As read by his master impressionist, Matt Money Smith. At Edward L. Murphy. Maybe the Giants shouldn't have said no to Nick Saban like seven times. <laughs> that comes right after the remarkable comeback in the national. Right, Eddie? All right, national championship game. All right, next one. <laughs> Officiating was a D-plus at best for this weekend of NFL games. <laughs> at best. It's, a, it's the, the, the D-plus at best. At best. And I'm being generous. And yeah, a D plus. Like, that's what makes the tweet so special. It's not an F. At it's, it's, it's subtle D yeah, plus, but it's a D plus. Look, you might want to give him an F, but I'll cut him some slack and give him a D plus. <laughs> At best. <laughs> All right. Now, You're lucky I'm in a good mood. Don't push me. All right. Now, which of these two, Shaq uh, or Cynthia, I, I can't decide which of these two I like best. Go ahead. The t- All right. Whatever you prefer. So, to put this in context, if you are watching the games, there were a lot of promos for the show The Hands Made Tale. Like, it, it was the it was overwhelmingly the commercial that we saw more and was memorable because of those outfits and it just looked creepy. So, this is, I'm guessing, Eddie's response to seeing that commercial advertising the show The Hands Made's Tale for about the 30th time. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a national event that everyone talks about the next day. I know like three people who have watched The Handsmaid's Tale. Three, if that, on a good week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a national event. Did I miss the debate where The Handsmaid's Tale was taking the place of Game of Thrones? uh, Which one the voters think is a better show? Oh, it won the Golden Globe. Is that what it was? Yeah, Yeah, that's why he's doing it. the best drama. 
I got you. But it's neither here nor there. So it's, it's just it's not an evaluation of which is more popular. I know like three people. <laughs> then why is Downton Abbey winning all these awards when everybody is busy watching Friends? I don't get it. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. So they colored the Empire State Building crimson tied uh, crimson. And they tweeted it out, Empire State Building, congratulations. It's a photo of the crimson-colored Empire State Building. Eddie Murphy subtweets it what? I can't, listen, <laughs> this is I the got, best one. This is the this best, is the best one. one. This is weak. Chrysler Building is now tops. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a skyscraper that's got dignity. I mean, <laughs> they're amateur athletes. Uh, they're kids that just won a national championship. <laughs> what are we doing? Unless it's Rutgers winning a national championship, I don't want that building we colored. We traded our soul for a little bit of red shine on us. That's terrible. What relevance? Does what kind of univer- New York? What happened to my New York? What relevance does the University of Alabama have with New York City? It's well, what, what relevance? It's New York City. It's New York City. It's the big town, Eddie. They want to pay their respects to a bunch of amateurs that managed to to accomplish something great. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to welcome Nick Saban. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to make it seem more a little more like home, a little houndstooth, a little crimson. That's back to his first tweet. That's good. I know. Shouldn't have turned their nose up at Nicky boy. Yeah, maybe you ought to thought that. Well done, Cynthia. How about that? Maybe the maybe the Empire State Building trying to do you a favor there, Eddie. Hey, speaking of the Golden Globes, I want to play something else. Right. Chrysler Building is now tops. Another of our favorite producers, Kent Brown, who creates our uh, surprise game show and beyond for us. We talk. Sometimes he makes really hard surprise game shows. Yes, he does. Uh, he we periodically his his mom from Pittsburgh calls. Him. Oh, yes. I love these voicemails. Yes, Pittsburgh accent like uh, most people in my family do as well. But Kent's mom calls in, uh, leaves him voicemails, and we like to play them for you. If you're wondering what the Pittsburgh accent, you just heard the New York one. Here's what <laughs> a bad one. Here's the Pittsburgh uh, sound as legitimate uh, as presented by Kent Brown's mom. Oh, Kent! I only went out to get the mail. Walked out with a coat and everything on. Oh my God! It's so cold out there. Oh, I can't stand it. All right, call me later. Bye bye. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. All right, call me later. Is it a Kent? Kent, I went out with just a coat. I was going to go out to the snow. And it was okay. All like thing <laughs> okay. It was so cold. Now I want to hear. Now, so that's one Kent, AFC. I love it. I love that your mom calls you to tell you not to the mailbox. Can we hear that again? I don't mean, to, I don't mean to, uh, I love that. That's so cute. To talk out of turn. Oh, Kent, I only went <laughs> oh. out to get the mail. Mail? Walked out with a coat and everything on. Oh, my God. It's so cold out there. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. All right, call me later. Bye-bye. Call me later. If you like that, though, money, that's okay. So like that's, it. It that's, had everything. That's Pittsburgh. But you know what? There's another big AFC powerhouse in the mix, too, the New England Patriots. And fortunately, another of our producers, Erica Tamposi, is there behind the glass. And her grandmother also, as it turns out, leaves great voicemails for her granddaughter. Let's hear that one right now, shall we? Erica, um. Did, this is Nana, and um, I understand the boys had an absolute fabulous time with you. Uh, complaint department. Joe was going through your tweets or whatever it's called, 
you ever call it. And honey, I'm disappointed in your language. I don't like it at all. You're just too beautiful a girl to be using the F-U word like it was nothing. I, I just am upset. Yes. Me too. Wait, that, uh, wait, does from you call her department? Yeah. That is, I love that. Yeah. That's so cute. Whatever from the complaint department. Did that crush you? Did it crush your soul? Oh, my God, soul? the disappoint. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. It, it absolutely she's not yelling I'm at you. No, and the best part is is she's 92, <gasps> and my grandfather we call Jote, J-O-T-E. That's what she said. Um, He has an iPad. He's 98. <laughs> He Googles my Twitter. He doesn't have a Twitter, but he types in Erica Tamposi Twitter every day to, like, look at my Twitter. And this is my, like, burner account, not my NFL account because, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I got you. Sure. Right, I right, got you. Right. Hey, you want to use the F word, huh? Exactly. But I didn't know that my 98-year-old grandfather literally is Googling my Twitter to see the stuff. And I think I, like, quoted, like, a rap song or something stupid. But Oh, you're too beautiful a girl. I just love that. Uh, too I, beautiful I, of a girl. My mind's eye goes to Jote holding the iPad, screaming, Nana, you're not going to believe what I just saw. <laughs> on, uh, Erica's. Or on the tweets. What I saw on Erica's Hey, look at Sweet's tweets. tweets. I don't like it. <laughs> I haven't been this devastated since Yaz flew up, popped out to Nettles well, in 78. In no, we're not in New York. You're in Boston. You're I don't know do how to Boston do I don't, I don't know how to do any accent. You have to like, add, a, add like an you R. You just got to add an error. Era. Erica's uh, tweets are. Uh, yeah, or an, like an A-H. <laughs> at the end of like, Erica's. Uh, what does she say here? Oh, boy. <laughs> I love this. I just hope that now That's family crushing. members from everybody behind the glass and on this side of the glass now aren't tempted to create their uh, – uh, You can't to create start. that, though. Yeah, right. That's right. It's we'll, none of- we'll sniff it out from a mile away. That, uh, Kent Brown's mom and Erica Tamposi's grandmother, you could tell – Authentic. Oh, that's a, that's uh, a new Shecky category. Uh, family best member voicemail. voicemail. <laughs> best family member voicemail. And uh, I would say, no offense, Kent, but – Oh, I mean, Erica's hearing Nana, Nana, Nana say, "If the Nana. returns continue to be this I mean, strong, we're going to have to hand one out every month. Yeah. We're not going to be able to wait a full year." You're far year. too pretty to oh be using God. the F word. The F U. The How far have we gone, Emma VP? Do we have time for some trivia or no? Or do you want us to just wrap it up? I think we should. We should probably save it for next week because we're about ninety minutes in. Hey now. Oh, with because we had Willie for thirty. Right. Okay. We got uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Alexander. Alexander coming up. So, yeah. I don't know yeah. how long you're projecting. We're talking to you're Lorenzo You're projecting Alexander. Alexander and giving us 90 total minutes. All right. That's yep. more than Well, that. it is the divisional weekend. That is true, Emma VP. I mean, don't you think? You want to wait? Yep. Okay. Emma <laughs> VP's had more than her fill. So be it. I'll let, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Well, no, we won't leave it there because now it's time. All right, you know what? Pull by, you know what? No jive is the policy on uh, DDFP. We talked to Lorenzo Alexander already. How about that? Oh! Put that in your pipe and smoke See, it. Now I Joke. look like the villain because I tried to I tried to make it jive. Yeah. Oh, you're projecting. You said 90 minutes, even though we didn't know how long Lorenzo Alexander was going to be. Me, Nana, and Jote hold, uh, hold ourselves it's to a high. Nana. Nana and Jote. Yes. Nana and you, Nana. And no, no. Mama Brian. Oh, my God, Ken. Erica, uh, <laughs> your, your grandfather, Joe, was going through your tweets, and uh, you're far too pretty to be using the F-U word. Huh? Oh, my God, it's cold out, <laughs> Ken, Brian. <laughs> we got to get these people all together. What's wrong, Erica? You seem like you're in a bad mood today. Uh, my grandmother left me a voicemail saying she was disappointed in me for using the F word on my burner. That's you. I'm the complaint department. <laughs>
World needs more bartenders. <laughs> All right. Now let's get to it. Your Boston accents are terrible. We need to fix that. Well, well, let's hear yours. Oh, yeah, you went to BC. I did. So let's hear it. Every year, a few unfortunate Boston college students get hit by the (laughs) T. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. You know what? Well done. (laughs) You got the applause from Erica. She would know, right? Thank you. There you go. It's about to get hit by the Titans. Let's figure it all out with the main event. It's time to make our game picks. Red Challenge flag style. Dave Damashek. All right, everybody. It is now time for the divisional round edition of the Red Challenge flag picks. Red Challenge Flag Picks! Oh, yeah! Yeah! to get to this week. And we do have, as I promised earlier, a very special guest from Buffalo, New York. Here Go he Bills. is, everybody. Lorenzo Yo. Alexander. How are you, man? Circle the wagon. I'm doing great. I'm doing real well. Just uh, enjoying this cold weather up here with my kids and uh, trying to stay warm. Wow, my head's all over the place. You have a Beast Mode sweatshirt on. That's confusing oh, yeah. for me. Well, it shouldn't be. I'm from Oakland. Oakland. My boy Marshawn okay. is from Oakland. Uh, we went to Cal together, so I'm always repping my friends and family. Ah, I see. Oh, that you know what? I'm going to jump in. Lorenzo, did you by chance get your hands on one of the Marshawn Lynch Lego roll around in the injury cart sets that they gave away? <laughs> I don't know if you're, it's the greatest stadium giveaway I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I wish I got one of those, but you know, I see money all the time, so I take my kids over there and we ride around in a little go kart that he actually has in his store. So oh uh, I think that's the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, we have a lot of things to get to with you here, Lorenzo, and not much time. But I have to ask you because I ask every Buffalo Bill this. Don't you think yeah. it's weird that the city in which you're sitting right now is named Buffalo, named after the majestic beast that once roamed the plains? And the Why? football team, the football team <laughs> is named after Buffalo Bill Cody, who tried to kill all those Buffalo. Right? Isn't that weird? <laughs> I, hey, you learn something new every day. I had no clue that's what, why it was named, uh, but hey, I'm a, I'm a roll with it. All right, fair enough. Now, Cindy, you know something about Lorenzo and his. Well, we uh, share something. We what share something in common. We're both big Pilates aficionados, and right, I'm I'm certified. Are you certified? I I am certified. I've been teaching since ah. 2001. Really? Oh, wow. You, you got me. You got me. I'm only 2011. What do you have to do to get certified? I can't a imagine this is. Oh, come on. A whole lot of oh, hours. No, you really do. It's I'll actually go like get a very certified serious... and be no. back before lunch. No, you, I'm going to give you a plug. You when clip you a coupon out now, of the back of a highlights give, magazine. You should, put, we should do a class. We should make Dave guys. do it. All right. Yeah, make when, Dave do it. When you're out in LA <laughs> next time, let's do a trade. You do one. I'll teach you one. You teach me one, and we'll see what happens. That sounds good. Lorenzo, uh, a, a weird game, I think, is how uh, is one good uh, word to use or one good way to put uh, the game that you just uh, – He didn't have it, a weird game, though. He crushed it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. At 34, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, old man out there showing these young boys how to do I it. I mean, that Leonard Fournette stop was insane. I loved it. Yeah. It I was fun, man. When my D-line opened a hole, I ran through and uh, gave him a little something. <laughs> um, what do you think? Should we jump into the games and we'll talk Jags as we go along here to make sure we uh, we, we satiate the need to uh, to make these game picks and we'll uh, we'll continue kibitzing with, with people uh, want the picks. Now, do I, I, you know, the most important thing for me is making sure that the person in the monitor has the ability 
to throw the flag. Yeah. So Lorenzo, if you want to yeah. throw the flag, oh. Lorenzo, you let me know. I'm going to be your arms. Yeah, are you are you going to throw it for so me? I will yep. throw the yeah. flag. I'll get I'll get oh, right okay. underneath you here. You can see the monitor. Y'all we'll just kind of right here. here. We'll do a mock run real quick. We're going to do a mock Dave's run. Dave's going to pick. Right. You're going to want to throw it. So let's get into the time machine. Jaguars and Bills. Cindy, who do you have? I'm picking the Jaguars. Right. So Lorenzo. Then, whoa. There you go. Oh, yeah. I think that was, was a good. See what it means? You got to throw it. In. That was that good. That was a good try. That was a good one. That was a good try. Good money. You're the best. All right. Just shaking the rust off. That's what I'm doing then. All right. You know good. what? We're a little good. slow, but okay. We can work with it. <laughs> that physical move you just made is enough to earn you your certification to teach you. Oh, I am now a Pilates it. instructor. It is very, yes. very wow. hard to be a Pilates instructor. <laughs> we got to get Dave. Well, we got to get Dave on a reformer now. I don't know. Yeah, we do. Workouts. Yes, we do. Got to get him on it. All right. Let's start off. With the first game of the divisional round weekend, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Fresh off nice. dumping them L.A. Rams. Money and I pat ourselves on the back. We both said Took the by the end of the first quarter, it, it could be 10 nothing. Instead, it was 13 nothing early in the second quarter. And you felt, yeah, they got the, you know, Crushed a young the team teams. came Crushed out it. just a little sluggish and they got bit for it. They still could have come back and won that game. But that not long, after that third quarter drive. That, that long oh, drive thing of beauty away, took the air out of the joint. All right. Atlanta Falcons visiting the number one seed who no one believes in. It's the one seed in the NFC side that no one thinks can get to the Super Bowl, ironically, is the number one seed. Atlanta Falcons, Philadelphia Eagles, Lorenzo Alexander, choose. I'm going with the Falcons. Ooh. I like them going in their house. Uh, oh, we played the Falcons earlier this year. Julio <laughs> Jones, dynamic receiver, di you know, just a baller out there. I, I really love Freeman, the running back. Uh, he's going to give those guys some fits, and their defense is coming along. We got a, a young guy from Oakland that's out there, number uh, Tack, number 98. Oh, Tack McKinley. Kinley is a yeah, boss. Yeah, yes, that's my, my young boy out there. So he's been getting better each and every single week, and I see that defensive line kind of getting after the passes. So I'm looking forward to it. Money, I noticed you didn't throw a red oh. challenge flag. Cindy, for the record, you did. You threw it at Lorenzo I Alexander. I, I broke at the TV. Me. You threw it at me? I yeah. did. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> got hit right in the beast mode. You got I hit right in the beast mode on your sweatshirt uh, there. It just fell right off. Cindy, <laughs> tell us why you're going with the home team. And for the record, I'm taking the Falcons. But it really was, to me. This was not difficult at all. Really? Not difficult at all. And then look, the run game, everyone's talking about how great this run game is and rotate backs. And did you see what they did to the MVP? What they did to Todd Gurley? They took him away. Ten targets. The guy had no receiving yards. Couldn't rip off like any big runs. I feel like that was more the flow of the game that they went away from Gurley. But, Cindy, ah. go ahead. Tell us about uh, why you're taking the Eagles. So I'm taking the Eagles because the Eagles are very good on special teams. That's something that's not going to change oh, without Nick Foles. Oh, get excited, Philadelphia. <laughs> Woo! They have the most. That's the first point. They have hey, the gonna, most. Well, they do good punting. That, hey, that's what, <laughs> what's know, a I problem know. for the Rams last week. I know. It's a little bit different this week, I think. There's also, obviously, this run defense. It's the best run defense in the National Football League. It's going to force Matt Ryan into more unfavorable passing situations. If only he had a great receiver. Oh, unfavorable. but you know who has the most? Oh, what do you know? Wait, who has the highest drop rate in the entire NFL? Amari the Falcons. Cooper. The Falcons, 8% drop rate. Most in the National Football Really? That's worse than the Raiders. The lights are on. Yeah. Big time show. Julio Jones is going to go out there and destroy him. You can't, you can't load the box when you got Julio Jones on the outside. Yeah, you're you, – you And Muhammad Sanu on the other side. How about, how about exactly. that? How about Sanu I mean, coming to life? My, my God. I mean, you just can't do it. So, that's going to really open up Freeman and then go to play-action game. Deep over routes. Guarantee it. Big plays to Julio and Sanu. I'm not afraid of that, but I also think Philadelphia has the – 
the ability. They have the most 10-plus rushes and the most 20-plus rushes in the league, too. So that helps Nick Foles. Not I, when you're not afraid of Nick Foles and you're loading the box up. You're not <laughs> right, going to have 10-plus rushes. Yes. I, I I absolutely think Devontae Freeman can get off here, in, even against the, the Philadelphia. The reason I've been with Philadelphia since August is the pass rush that they can bring. I don't think Matt Ryan, any more than any other quarterback, likes getting heated up. No, especially, and especially in the, not in the red right. area. Right. Matt right. Ryan in the red zone passing has been two games ago. He was one of five in pass attempts in the red zone. But Do we all forget that just because he beat no, the Rams? I'm, no, I'm with – but no, I, I, it's the other side of it. That's why I'm with uh, Lorenzo here is I can be the little, lights are on. I'm okay. I'm this okay. is a big-time spot in big Philadelphia, time, yeah. and but you can – push back at me about, oh, that's a stereotype about Philadelphia fans being overly harsh. Do you want to be Nick Foles in that stadium if he doesn't get it off the hot It works both start? ways. Yes. It works Ooh. both ways. It will ways. be disadvantageous to Nick Foles yeah. and the Eagles if Foles gets picked early. That place will turn against him and the team and now we don't, very early Now on. we don't care that the, this indoor team's going outside? Nah. I, I no, can't. not at all. It's not going to be that cold up there. It's not Tony Dungy's Tampa inside. Bay Bucks. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I but but also Cindy, what you said is exactly right. I you know it is the emergence now of tack and the pass rush in general and the speed and, and the youth. Hey, you know it, what? Stop there for a Keanu. second, Lorenzo. How did you let Tack get out of Oakland and go to UCLA? How did you not get him uh, to Cal? Why was he not playing uh, at Strawberry I mean, Canyon? I, I don't know. I I have no clue. I mean, ever since I left Cal, they've kind of let guys get out of Oakland. That was our issue before I got there. I was one of the first guys to kind of bring the Oakland barrier guys back up there with money following me. So I I, I couldn't uh, tell you at all. It's a shame. You got to get it back now that Justin Wilcox has that <laughs> thing right. You got to get those exactly. Oakland guys back and get Cal back on the map when they were winning 10 games with you and Tedford. Are you... You just said it, Wilford. Lorenzo, do you still actively root for the Raiders? I was never a Raiders fan growing up. I grew up a Niners fan. They were in in L.A. when I was a young kid falling in love with the game. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to the next game then, shall we? Former New England Patriot Jimmy Garoppolo, now uh, a member of Lorenzo ne- uh, Lorenzo Alexander's favorite Ooh, team. I almost got Lorenzo Neal. Neal. That's my guy. I got Lowe's the Raiders. I got the Raiders. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. on my brain. Lowe's I know. my guy. That's a, my guy. You know what? That's a good question, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Lorenzo v. Lorenzo in the A-gap, head-to-head. Ooh. What would that match up? What would that look like? And is there a fullback that you would be I, I – well, I've tasted Lorenzo Neal. I was a young pup playing D-tackle, and, and I tell him this story all the time. He jacked me up in the hole, but I was engaged <laughs> with somebody else, and he came through and chipped me and then blocked somebody else, and it was like a 20-yard run. So, Lo Neal so, basically uh, cheap shot Right, there you go. <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to it. Cindy, you're on the block here now. Tennessee Titans. <laughs> New England Patriots. Be brave. Choose. Go ahead, pick up. In an act of true valor, I'm picking the New England no. Patriots to win this game. <laughs> no one? No one's going to be courageous? Heck no. Come on, Lorenzo. Lorenzo, you're going to be courageous uh, here? You want to take the Titans? Uh, I'll take them. Oh, you will? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> do it again, do it again. Is that is that what's in your heart, Lorenzo? Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't pick the Patriots. I mean, okay, I'm in good. Buffalo country. Right? I just can't, I just can't one, do it. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there he goes. I love it. All right, you're the one picking the Titans. You think they're definitely going to win up there? No. 
Uh, but tell us, uh, make it <laughs> what gives them a chance as best you can. Make best, a case best case scenario and works out this, for the Titans. The best case scenario for them. Anytime I've seen Tom Brady get beaten was when he's pressured and knocked off his mark, getting him out of the pocket. Uh, you know, you think about the Giants. You think about Atlanta Falcons last year, and the defensive line of the Tennessee Titans is very dynamic. Uh, they have Walton, they have Brian Arakpo, they have uh, Casey up there. Those guys, if they can really dominate their, their offensive line and get to Tom and get him off his spot and get him moving around, that's how you ultimately beat this team and not beating themselves. They're a well-coached team. They run the ball really well, and I think they have a shot. I like uh, – I think Arakpo was dynamite in Arrowhead last week. Um, I think that – listen, uh, Derrick Henry, we talked to Maurice about this. Willie McGinnis agrees with us that uh, Derrick Henry should be able to make some hay. A lot of teams have been able to against the right. Patriots' run defense. The concern is, though, that in of all the head-to-head matchups you can come up with in your brain in the 21st century, Tom Brady v. Dick LeBeau is a disaster it, uh, for Dick LeBeau. I mean, Tom Brady has torn him apart. Tom Brady destroys Dick LeBeau defenses. He just spreads it out. He has the cheat code. It never – Dick LeBeau never adjusts to it. I think that it, it's a walkover game for the Patriots. Well, I think this is one of his best, you know, fronts that he's had. I mean, obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a lot of great defenses as well. Um, but I think he's going to learn from his mistakes. You really can't blitz time because he gets the ball out of his hands so quick. But with the front four of the Tennessee Titans, they should be able to get after him a little bit, make him uncomfortable, and create some frustration. This is not a Patriots team of old. Obviously they're well coached, and that's why they're still able to win games and overcome a lot of things because people oftentimes beat themselves. Look at us, for example, this year. Played them tough for half the first game, three quarters the second game, but we found a way to either get a penalty, a stupid mistake, or a turnover that lost us. So if they can play four quarters strong, they'll definitely have a shot, you know, in that fourth quarter as long as Tom doesn't have the ball. You know, you say uh, well coached and uh, hard to argue that, but, um, you know, Willie pushed back at me a little bit here. But from the outset, you've been around Kurt uh, uh, in situations where coaches are turning over and coordinators are interviewing and everything else. Willie says, no, it won't be a distraction with Patricia and McDaniels doing those interviews. Any uh, anecdote that, uh, that uh, disagrees with that? No, not at all. It won't be. Um, you in there trying to win a job. I mean, if I'm in that locker room as a leader, you're letting the young guys don't worry about that. It's a business. Players come and go all the time. It's no different with coaches. Uh, you know, if he gets a job, oh, well, he's going to still work trying to win the Super Bowl, and that's all you can really count on. It's one thing if a guy checks out and is worried about his job that he's going to, but as long as he's focused and giving us the game plan as usual, you locked in and ready to go for him. Money, any thoughts on this game? or should I mean, we you know, on? the offensive line of the, the Pats has been good. The tackles obviously are really good all year. Uh, you had Derrick Henry, you know, rip off, what, seven yards per clip. I mean, that's their path, right? It's a 13-10 to 10 game if the Titans are going to win. And then you got to ask yourself, right. is that defense good enough to hold the Patriots to 10 points? That would be something remarkable. Um, so I just I, I think all the Patriots probably need to do is score 17 to 21, and they get a victory in this one. And I suspect they'll score more than that. I bet you it's 17 to seven or 20 to seven going into the locker room at the half. Yeah. I, I, it, I, this is never going to be. But you know what? That's what it was for the Chiefs, right? And then somehow, well, you Titans know, have the they most were fourth quarter. That's all you need a little magic. That's it. Winning drives. A couple of turnovers is a different game. little self-pass and catch it and run it into the end zone. People are sleeping on that, by the way. Like, this mighty <laughs> Titans comeback. Yeah, it also started with Mariota having a pass batted back. To Darrell Revis. Hey, that's a, they don't count. They don't care how they get them. True enough. True enough. And the fact that Kareem Hunt, I think, ran the ball, what, three times in the second half? Five, I think, yeah. yeah we're up 21-3. to three. Let's give him the ball. <laughs> that's guy, that's guy that's averaging five yards per carry this season. Let's give him the ball. I don't know, two. Ah, let's give him 
Let's go three times. Let's Money. see what happens. That's the new head coach of your Chicago Bears. Not my Chicago Wait, Bears. I, I want to say something about the people interviewing because I think it's kind of the opposite because now I think it gives the like linebackers coach and the secondary coach a chance to show like what they've got and get extra focus and be like, hey, if Matt Patricia leaves, I'm I should be considered for his job. Same thing on the offensive side of the ball. It gives the people under them an opportunity. I heard it's Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell. <laughs> if those two guys leave, that's who's coming back. Let's do it again. Get the yes. band back together. All right. Lorenzo, I like to have fun. It's clear from talking to you. You do too. But sometimes it's time to set aside the, the laughs and uh, frivolity and get serious. Let's do it. Jacksonville Jaguars. Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Money Smith. Oh, I get the juice. Okay. Juice. Steelers. Lorenzo. I'm good. Steelers, baby. I don't have no flag to throw. I'm not throwing a flag. Steelers. Cindy. No one's going to throw. To quote Jadavian Clowney, Blake Bortles is trash. Let me just say this. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start out with the Steelers' pessimism. Blake Bortles. Everybody keeps saying this. This better be short. Dude, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is not coming into Heinz Field. He's a terrible QB. Yeah, guess what? Last time they came up in October, 95 yards passing and a pick. Jags won by three touchdowns. Blake Bortles is not relevant in this game unless he's a turnover machine. One. Two. The other thing people keep saying is Ben Roethlisberger is not going to throw five picks. He's not going to be that bad again. Listen. He didn't do it in a vacuum. He didn't just have a bad game because he had a bad night's sleep. The Jags' defense is not just great. It is worthy of consideration for all-time great status. It's one of the Whoa. better defenses we've seen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need some reaction we from the man in the monitor. One of the all-time they, 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 they are good, but, I mean, let's look back at the beginning of the year. Until they got Marcel Darius, they were ranked, I think, at the bottom of, of rush defense. So they do have some He's holes. Right. We're able the to move the ball right. on them. We were able to move the ball on them last week. We weren't able to convert in the red zone. I think the Steelers obviously have a much more prolific offense than we do. Um, all their weapons, you think of Le'Veon Bell, A.B., Juju, Ben. Uh, these guys are going to get it done. If you can score, I would say, 17 points versus the Jaguars, which is very uh, capable of, of the Steelers team, mm-hmm. they're going to win this game because the Jaguars' offense cannot score. I mean, they like to play a, a field position type of game. They'll, you know, run the ball three times and punt it, you know. But if you score points, Blake Borders is in the offense is just not built to come back from behind. If only you had had a first and goal against that suspect run defense <laughs> with a running back like Shady McCoy in the back. What are you doing on the sideline? By the way, I have the Steelers. Well, we got KB, though. I mean, it was, it was a great I, run pass option. Hey, we just didn't execute it. I mean, he catches that ball, then it's a different story. What is it like going into the game and while the game is unfolding to be standing there and realizing, well, this defense, I mean, are you in the huddle saying this all, and I don't mean puff your chest out, uh, imbue your mates with confidence. I mean, legitimately, this offense should not be able to score on us. Do you talk about that and how you approach the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we let them know about it too, you know, the entire game. And we obviously, they came out and beat us, but. Throughout the entire game, we just letting them know y'all, you guys aren't good enough. There's a lot of things exchanged back and forth, uh, you know, you know, whether to the quarterback or the offensive line. Uh, but it was a fun game for me. You know, went out there, was able to dominate. The rest of the linebackers did too. But we didn't, we didn't make enough plays. We had a couple of turnovers we should have caught, and the game would have totally been a different outcome. Um, all right. Let's, what about my uh, idea? This is what my idea is, Lorenzo. I told Sheck, super Steeler fan here. I said, what I would do if I were the Steeler fans is anytime the Jags defense was on the field, right, 
I would have the, you know, those giant heads. They probably have a giant Lorenzo Alexander head that makes its way around the stadium in Buffalo, right? When you make a big play. You know what I'm talking about, those big yeah, heads? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, a fat head. Yeah, a fat head. All I would have is Blake Bortles' fat heads. Just to remind the defense, the that all that hard work you're doing, this is the guy you're giving the ball to. After that effort you put out, that's the guy that's supposed to make hay with all that hard work you're doing. I want to remind the defense just to anger them to such a degree. It's got to be depressing. Yes, that's uh, what I mean. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. your guy. Have fun with that. Do you think that would affect you if Blake Bortles was your quarterback and you had to see that face every time you made a big play in the gap? Wouldn't you be like, ugh, son of a Yeah, it's definitely frustrating on the sideline. I mean, you could even see it in their faces when we were playing them. You know, guys were talking trash to their sideline. They was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'd like to argue uh, back, but I really can't do uh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got a good point there. You're, you're absolutely by the way, right. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know, you, you guys do get into into the mix there, and it was exciting, and everybody loved watching it. Any uh, Anything special stand out to you from that night, uh, week 17, watching it all unfold there? I mean, the biggest thing for me is uh, Kyle Williams, you know, obviously being in the league 12 years and finally mm-hmm. finally uh, getting to his first playoff game, had his sons in there. Um, that's just stuff that is that you remember for the rest of your lives. Obviously, his sons are going to remember that as well. But uh, just much respect because he's your ultimate pro, does everything the right way, and I was finally glad to see him to be able to experience a playoff game. So just want to be able to hopefully he comes back and uh, we can do, do it again next year and go a little bit further. True or false, when you first get out onto the field for at least the first quarter against the Jags, you're vaguely nauseated by having to look at those terrible uniforms. And that's their <laughs> secret weapon. True or no? Uh, I would say uh, true. Uh, They're I mean, awful. My wife was even talking about it. Are I they hate, the worst? They the colors, so. Worst uniforms in the league? Uh, you know, the Steelers throw back the one that looks like jail, the stripes. Those are pretty ugly, Turn too. off his microphone. We talked to Lorenzo Alexander enough. I don't want to hear another word. <laughs> those are great uniforms. Shame the devil. Those are nice looking. No, those are ugly. One those last are thing. My, my least favorite. One last thing on the Jags. How best, now that you've uh, had those 60 minutes with them, how best would you suggest attacking that defense? It doesn't seem like there are a lot of holes in it. Like you mentioned now with <sighs> Darius there, they're doing a better job against the run. But is yeah. that still the method to, to get it done against yeah, you- them? You have to establish the run game against them and get some of them linebackers to cheat up, and then hopefully you can do some play-action game and get the ball behind them in the holes because they play a lot of cover three. Obviously, you're not going to go at Ramsey um, at all throughout the game and maybe pick on the other corner. Um, But, yeah, you have to use some misdirection, some play-action stuff. That's what we're able to do to kind of slow them down and get them thinking a little bit and then uh, let the ball loose. But they got a lot of great weapons, and I think they'll be just fine. I think uh, that that's – I think my my number, my magic number for the Steelers, I I mean – 26 needs to touch it legitimately 30 to 36 times, something like that. And I don't mean just turning around and handing it off to him. To that point, that cover three, if seven will just have the discipline to just feed 26 out of the backfield, little dump-offs a la Tom right. Brady, that's uh, – Didn't he have 10 receptions he did. He in, did. That, in that yeah. loss? Yeah. And we did that last week with Shady. You saw right. Shady have a couple of check-down passes effective. and was able to uh, get some yards. Very effective. I think that's how you – That's a, I did, you know what? I, I, that's I how to beat the cover three three right I should have asked you um in the moment and it it slipped by me but I do want to know like inside in your heart Lorenzo when it was fourth and 12 (laughs) for the Bengals like what what are you thinking like in that moment when you're like oh here it is this is it it's fourth and 12 I thought it was over right I I, I, I was I was like up we put in all this work and we left it up to somebody else's you know hands as far as winning this game and I didn't think Andy Dalton was gonna do it at all and surprisingly, obviously, the biggest play of, the, of of our year, you know, was made by somebody else. And 
and it was just an awesome feeling. And obviously our fans respected it too. I think they donated over what two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand awesome. dollars to his charity. So that's just how special that moment was for uh, B- Bill's uh, Mafia yep. Nation. Oh man, I wish. Go uh, Bills. If, if I could have written the, the script for it, yes, I root for a team. But Bills v Vikings, these two long-suffering fan bases, mm-hmm. would have been the greatest Super Bowl. The Bills fans deserve a uh, a title already. Um, all right. Speaking of the Minnesota one. Vikings. Let's pick that one now, shall we? Saints, Vikings, Lorenzo mm. Alexander. That's on Jeez. me. It's on you. Yeah. I'm going with the Saints. Dynamic team. Whoa. Whoa. Three. Whoa. You threw. Th- oh, whoa. Three. Wow. Three. Here we go. He's on the island. Well, I'm going to win this one. I, I mean, can't. I'm stunned. Kamar Ingram. D- dynamic running back group. I'm Alvin probably the Kamara. best in the league. They're, they're just dynamic. I mean, th- them alone is going to destroy this game. I really like the defense uh, led by Cameron Jordan, the way he's been getting after the, the, the pass rusher or the quarterback. Um, it's just going to be, I think, the Saints are going to just dominate this game. Dominate? Like like lopsided, 10-plus point domination? Um, I don't know. You don't have to dominate a game in a scoreboard. I see what you're to, saying. For just... a dominate. They're going to control this game. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. But I just like the just the role they're on. They're hitting on all cylinders, uh, coming up with big plays when they need to. Um, obviously, anytime you can beat uh, a division rival three times and beat them the third time in the playoffs the way they did um, is huge. So I just think they're riding this wave, and it's going to continue to go out there and, and make a lot of big plays. Are you concerned yeah. no Andrews Pete? The guard's gone. Their O-line. No, I mean, no. I mean, obviously, that's a big part of it. But they'll, they'll have somebody that, that plugged that hole. I don't know who necessarily know who their backup guard is. But he'll come in. He's played a lot of snaps. It's Offensive, me. Right. The offensive line, it doesn't matter. The offensive oh. line is not all about the individual. Uh, I've, I've played against a lot of offensive lines where the individual wasn't that great, but they work well together, double teaming, scoop blocks, bumping, helping, and they can still come in there and do a great job. And I, and I feel the same about whoever this offensive lineman coming in the game is as well. See, now and I that's why the running game is important. But I would have thought, you know, uh, a standout Pro Bowl linebacker like Lorenzo Alexander would look at that Vikings team and he would see Eric Kendricks. And he was – oh, and now I realize it. It's Pac-12 when he was in it, Pac-10 bias. He doesn't like yeah. that the heart of this defense is Pac-12 <laughs> opponents. It's, it's the UCLA <laughs> linebacking core of Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, and it's a USC defensive lineman in Everson Griffin. That's what it is. It's Pac-12 bias from the Cal Bear. It, it has nothing to do. Everson Griffin is one of my homeboys. I love Everson. So, I mean, he's a dynamic player. I mean, obviously the defense is really good, but I just think this running game, I mean, the, the, Kamara is so dynamic, I mean, with his game. And then Ingram, the way he's kind of reasserted this year. Um, and then Drew Brees, we're forgetting about him. So just a play-action game, just that double threat, I think they're just such well-balanced. And oftentimes that gives defenses a hard time. What about, though, you know, the, the story going into this one, and in fact for the last two months has been, how long can Case Keenum keep this going? And you put him up in sharp relief with the future Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. And so it's easy to say, well, the Saints are going to win this game because they have the favorable uh, matchup in, in, at the right. biggest position there. But, you know, you're, you're a guy who's been in the league for a, a while, obviously, before you had a big breakout like that, and that's what Case Keenum's had this year. Does he have, as best you can evaluate, does he feel like – does he have extra pressure on him going in? I have to disprove. I know I had a good year, but I still yeah. haven't done anything until I win a game in the play. How's that going to impact the game and, or it, at least it him? It definitely changes. It definitely changes. Obviously, Drew Brees has won a title. He's been in the playoffs numerous times. Case Keenum really hasn't been there at all. 
Um, so being in that that environment um, with the weight on your shoulders is definitely harder. And you see a lot of guys crumble under it. I, you know, I don't know what Case is going to do, but that was really my message this week to a lot of our young guys is that you got all this noise and and all this commotion around at the playoffs. The speed of the game picks up, and some guys you know, kind of crumble underneath that pressure because they think they have to go out there and do more than what they've been doing all year. So um, it's definitely um, a part of the game where we don't know, right? Do you, you know, know uh, though, do you know in, ta- in having those conversations, do you in your gut think, yeah, this guy's not going to cut it? Yeah, this, guy, this, this guy's going to crumble in the big spot or this guy's going to rise. Do you have a sense it's of that? Hard, no, it's hard to tell until you get out there. I mean, you, can, you notice it within the first series of drive just to look in their eyes especially when something goes wrong. How do they rebound? What do they look like? You know, um, and you can see it. I mean, you saw it this past weekend in some guys' eyes. They just look confused in days when I was in the playoff game playing, and you just know, ah, this guy doesn't have it today, and I'm going to go out there and dominate. What, um, <clears throat> what did you see in Nathan Peterman's eyes in that first half of the Charger game? Because that obviously was a situation that, that I'm just you just said it. You, you mentioned a young man who has to face adversity, and I can only imagine what that guy's right. eyes looked like in that particular game. Uh, yeah, I mean it was it happened so fast. I, I think he probably was in more of a, in a shock and all type of moment. I mean, you know, who throws five picks? You know, some of them weren't his fault. He was getting hit a little bit as well. Um, you know, just chaos. It was really a shock from everybody. Like I can't believe this is happening. Um, because Nate is a, is a good quarterback, young quarterback. Obviously, he's not proven in the league still. But what we saw in practice and how he carried himself through preseason, we definitely didn't expect that type of outcome. Last thing, I love talking uh, with players about the playoff experience. And, and uh, almost to a man, guys will tell you, oh, yeah, for real, whether you like it or not, fans, the hitting does elevate in January. True? Uh, true. It, it goes It's an uptick. I mean, the guy, especially guys who've been in the playoffs, they understand how rare those opportunities are. Um, so it starts in the, you know, Wednesday at practice. Guys are just moving a little bit faster because they know what's at stake now. Boy, I hear that. Yeah, like, wow, guys in their first playoff game are like, wow, that you, you hit me extra hard. What's going on? It's the playoffs. Yeah, the Reds, yeah and that was my the, experience. Who's winning the Super Bowl this year? Oh, wow. That's kind of hard to, to dictate right now. If, mm, you going to well, make me pick? Do I have yeah, to pick? Yeah, I'm going to make you pick. Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> Um, I am going to rock with Saints. Okay. Hence, because you're making me pick over the uh, the you make you're making me yeah. yes you're no, making I, me pick so quick. Hey, so I, got, uh, that's uh, what I'm going I went with. into such a meditative I, state. No, I thought yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody Pilates, from the so. AFC to win. Yeah, I don't want nobody from the AFC to win it. So I have. That's to the, the right game, mentality, so. of course. You don't. Re- <laughs> I hate when people root for their division. I don't understand that. No, I don't understand that. I don't understand like people are like, oh, the Big Ten's undefeated in bowl games. I don't know. Yeah, the kid who beat you up in your neighborhood, you don't root for him to go on and beat up other people. You hope somebody comes and gets them. Right. It's confusing. All right, I got one more for Lorenzo. (laughs) All right. I hope this works. I'm going to try. Just Uh because, like I said, I I love Berkeley so much. It is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, Are you a Blondie's guy or are you a Fat Slice guy? Ooh, good question. I am a Fat Slice guy. Right always answer. have been since high school. Yep. Right answer. It's always yeah. fat. So Blondies might have the nice, fancy gr- sign nice out front, yeah. but it's fat nice slice. All right, yep. you've you've sufficiently impressed me, Lorenzo Alexander. You have to come and visit us yes. in Studio Six. <laughs> and then we'll come come visit. We'll do Pilates. Yeah, fly me out anytime. I'm ready.
Well, Emma VP, I think you have to pay for yeah, that. You get yeah, you that all sorted out. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to get somebody to, to pay for your flight out there. Okay. Thank Lorenzo you. Alexander, great times, man, and, uh, and and enjoy the off season and enjoy these playoffs. I will. All right. Great talking to you, and hopefully we'll catch you Boy, that was fantastic. somewhere yeah, in, the la- in the next six months. Give him the axe, the axe, the axe. And you know what? It's, right Jan- it's early the January, neck, but can I tell you something? We have our first nominee for the Shecky That was good. Our favorite football playing good stuff. guest. How about that? The All Nathan right. Peterman response just took it away. <laughs> he just starts laughing. <laughs> what do you think about what was happening when Nate Peterman was like? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, listen. Enjoy your football games. I hope everybody's team wins this weekend. I hope every team wins. That's what I hope. World peace. That's right. And every team wins. That's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for everybody. All right. For Cindy Freeland, for Lorenzo Alexander, Willie McGinnis, Kent Brown, Erica Tamposi, everybody behind the glass, enjoy your divisional round. I hate to say it. It's the last great weekend of football. This? Yeah, this is it. This is it, huh? It is. It is. Then then after this, you get two games. games and you get one. Yeah, but those two games. Huh? Super Bowl bid. We'll talk about that next week, but I can't really uh, say goodbye because the music was played. But I think now, yeah, okay, you can start playing. Be on the lookout again. Eternal Red Zone, Facebook and Twitter at minimum. The Divisional Round Edition for your eyeballs there. Um, Money's on AM570. Listen to Game Theory and Money. Cindy's on Game Day Morning. Dave's eye's still good. That's it. I think that's it. It's a thin slice of heaven. All right. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.